The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. We're going to be talking about uh, some things you need to know about if you're involved in losing a loved one. Uh, Always a tragedy. Brandon Bass is with us from the law offices of John Day. Brandon, good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Good to have you with us, and it's nice to have you minus snow. (laughs) <laughs> Certainly. I, we're talking, uh, my kids were out for a full week. I think we've had enough for the decade now this year. <laughs> now, the kids probably would disagree. <laughs> and Raleigh Holden would probably disagree also <laughs> selling the sleds. But uh, at any rate, uh, that hopefully is behind us. And especially after the groundhog did not see his shadow, he's out and we're ready for spring. So. I did not know. He, so so we are shadowless. Shadowless, So yeah. we, we are done with this weather. Good, good, good. It looks nice enough to go to. If you believe the groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bank on it this year because okay. it's what I want to hear. <laughs> Brandon is with us. He is a, a local attorney. And we're going to be talking about uh, what happens with the death of a loved one. First of all, what a tragedy that is. And when you stop and think about it, and, and we encourage you to join us uh, best way to join us is with emails, text messages to not emails, but text messages. Yeah, if you send us an email, I probably would not see that. <laughs> but uh, the text message we will see. So if you uh, have experienced this, we would love to hear from you. Uh, and it's, I would imagine, we were talking before the broadcast. We, if it was a child that you lost, that's an even greater loss no any loss is huge but a child would be even more so you know i think um as you said any loss is huge uh we're not prepared to lose our loved ones most of us um but nobody's prepared to lose their child it's it's the biggest shock to the system i think just about anybody can experience um and We've been blessed with the opportunity to help folks in those situations, and uh, my heart goes out to each and every one of them. What if if somebody's listening who has recently lost a loved one? You have been through this with different clients many, many times. Are there some things that you suggest that they consider doing? Certainly. Um, so my focus in my practice, my legal work, is on helping folks who've lost a loved one due to somebody else's fault, okay, when, when they've been wronged. Um, but that is a sliver of what folks are going through. Okay, We're trying to uh, help them pick up the pieces, but there's a lot of pieces. Um, regardless, the first thing you got to do is work on yourself. Um, if you somebody's suffering a shock to the system that way you mentioned the loss of a child is an extreme one uh but they say there's a stigma is the word you always hear uh, there's a stigma on getting counseling 
the fact is we are not built to deal with certain losses. We've gotten a lot of scar tissue. There's an iron sharp, sharpens iron and everything. There's a lot of things about you get tougher with age. But there's some stuff we're just not built to deal with. I don't think anything is ever going to take away the pain of losing somebody who's important to you. But talking with somebody, talking with a professional counselor is, in my mind, it's necessary. It's just absolutely necessary. I don't know that it's going to help 100% of people, but it's not going to hurt any of them. And it's going to help the vast majority. So everybody that comes to me that's dealing with uh, a loss of a family member, um, it's not really part of my practice. It's not really part of the legal work I'm doing, but I'm asking them, are you seeing somebody? Are you talking with somebody who you can trust and open up with um, and can give you advice? You hear a lot of times people talk about psychological triggers when they talk about trauma, things that remind us of a person we've lost or just about anything. And boy, you can imagine what all, if, if you've lost a, a spouse, a child, a parent or something, what all things you turn on the TV and you see a commercial they used to like or, or anything like that. Helping folks find ways to brace themselves for those unexpected triggers that are going to bring a constant flood of emotion is to me a necessity. Um, I've not walked a mile in those shoes, but I know I would need that. How long does it take to get to a point where you at least feel as if you can meet the day and feel decent? Dwight Eisenhower lost a son. Of course, he led troops in World War II, led the troops in World War II. And he had a famous quote he gave years later when he was in the presidency that said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, it's similar to this, um, nothing hurts like the loss of a child. Nothing will ever be the same. That's a man who um, had to take responsibility for the loss of a whole lot of people's sons. Um and, and had to experience that on a daily basis, had to brace himself for it, but then for the rest of his life, he's still dealing with that pain. I don't, not, again, I've not walked him out in those shoes. I hate to speak on behalf of those who've experienced extreme trauma like that. I don't know that that pain's ever going to go away. I think it's more a, man, a matter of learning to manage it, learning how to approach it, and learning how to heal and how to go on. It's, um, it's particularly important. You've got other loved ones figuring out how to get past those things and how to how to deal with what's always going to be a source of pain is important. And that's where the counseling can help you get to that point. I have helped uh, in the, the courtroom. I've helped, I don't know, dozens of folks. Probably, I'm not sure how many. Many, many, many people who've lost someone very close to them. And those that I've seen who have actively engaged in counseling um, and actively engaged, just showing up, I don't know how much that helps, but those who have actively engaged in counseling seem to be able to cope better. I don't think, again, I don't think you're ever going to heal over that wound. Um, uh, but I've seen folks who are able to accept and approach the pain on an ongoing basis Um better for them to be able to care for the other people in their lives, you know? It makes sense. Now, as we go to the court system, you're already 
scarred your emotional you you some it's difficult i would imagine to get up to start each day and here you have to go to court and 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 ask for assistance uh in 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 making your life whole again that has to be extra hard for you to represent a person who's emotionally distraught and then at the same time has to present a I guess a relatively good image of themselves before the jury or before the judge. Uh, so two parts of that. Number one is in terms of what it's like for me, but let me switch up to the end. Uh, the last part of yours in terms of the image that the, the grieving family has to project. Frankly, I don't think there's any image they have to project. Um, we're all human being, judges, juries, everybody is a human being. My experience has been um, there is a great deal of empathy shown in the court system for those folks who are grieving, especially a loss that we can all understand and empathize with. Frankly, even for the insurance companies on the other side, even if they don't think, or a corporation, if they don't think they did anything to cause, if they disagree that it's their fault, any human being should still be able to look at a person and say, but I'm really sorry for what you're going through. Um, my experience has been judges are, and everybody in the system understands uh, if there's a deadline coming up or if there's some, an event that's supposed to occur and it's right around the time of, of the, the person who's passed away, of their birthday or the date that they passed away, et cetera, trying to shuffle around that to be gentle, often without even telling them, just saying, hey, listen, we've got this meeting can we all agree let's do it a week earlier or two weeks later or something to just get it away from this bad date? So I think the system, it is unfortunate that anybody has to be involved in it at all, but I do think the system with good representation, with people who are mindful of stuff like that and looking out and saying there's, there's a traumatic day coming up or there's something, the system does work um, for them. For me personally, it's a... Uh, um, it is. It can be challenging emotionally to get 100% involved in the, the lives of, someone, of people who are suffering such a tragic loss. Um, and you don't leave that at work. It, it certainly comes with me, and I, I, I care about these folks who are going through things. But um, it's a privilege to be able to help them through what is going to be the worst trauma that they've experienced in their life. And, and in the, the realm of what I'm doing where I'm, you know, suing somebody for who, who's caused them to lose their loved one, um, it's obviously going to be a sudden loss. It's not something they brace themselves for whatsoever. It, it came out of the blue because they got a, a chaplain from the police department showing up um, or they got a, a phone call or what have you. It's None of them are going to be prepared for it and picking up those pieces it's a privilege to get the chance to help them but yeah there's uh it's certainly not a, a sterile process and everybody gets notified in different ways yeah um, oh yeah so um you're and you're you're correct you're never ready for that moment no i mean i've you know some folks wake up they've been in the car crash with them and find out that the driver or the passenger they were with their their husband or wife or kid or grandparent or what have you um didn't make it through so they're 
licking their own wounds and maybe going through therapy and other things while at the same time finding out that life's about to change in every possible way. Uh, those tragedies are... Uh, I was thinking of this. We're just not built to deal with it. You know? We're not built to... So we're not braced for it. So, like you said at the beginning, Bart, getting some kind of therapy and getting some kind of counseling is way, way too important. Does a case of this magnitude, personal injury, wrongful death, does that take longer than other cases uh, in court does is there more court time devoted because of the delicacy of this that's an excellent question so when you say than other cases the the there's a broad scope of reasons people go to court i mean some cases may take an afternoon if there's nobody's really fighting and we just have a reason to go to court you can't pick up the pieces and get through a, a the case where someone's lost a loved one in in a week it's not it's just not going to happen um between and then there's other cases where uh the only thing damaged is the car and getting it fixed those might be over relatively quickly there's just not that much to talk about there's not that much uh evidence to gather and put together and present breach of contracts all sorts of things um when, once you're talking about people who have enormous losses whether it's the loss of a loved one or um a catastrophic lifelong injury that they're just uh they're going to be able to work around but never work past yeah they take a little bit longer to get all of the evidence together for one thing um to to be able to present for the jury later and for the judge let me really introduce you to who this person was and um anybody who's lost a loved one in any capacity the logistics of even just arranging a funeral for example there's a lot of stuff that has to happen there's a lot of bank accounts that have to be transferred for folks right away um, regardless of the circumstance they got a lot to do to work through uh so it's um it's a process managed effectively and with really good representation, you can get through that process a lot quicker than if it's sort of a, a lackadaisical effort and people are just waiting for stuff to happen. I will tell you from my own personal perspective, um, I think the uh, helping people move through a case as efficiently as possible, especially when they've lost a loved one, is very, very, very important. Again, they're grieving. Well, I deal with lawyers every day because it's my job and I get paid to, but folks who are grieving don't need to deal with lawyers for any longer than they have to to get through that process. Uh, so getting them on the road to recovery without the legal system is, in my mind, very, very important. We have a question here from a listener, and, and you mentioned about the different types of cases that go through. Uh, this is certainly not the kind of case where you're trying to work your way through loss of a loved one. I don't think it is, anyway. It says, why is it that if you get sued in court, especially by the same person three different times, and you win all three different times, but the judge won't award you attorney's fees and days off from work. 
Excellent question. So, um, under under the law, generally speaking, people can't get their attorney's fees back. Generally speaking, okay? In, a, in most normal cases, the idea is we all pay for our own attorney's fees in, um, and go forward. Um, Super Bowl is going to come up this weekend. And we may, somebody may think they know who's going to win. They may think all the facts are laid out and they can say this person is going to, if you can figure that out, you should be rich. <laughs> but there's a reason to have a debate and to have an argument about it. Now, that said, there are exceptions to that rule. So, so the ordinary rule being, look, everybody gets their chance, their day in court. Everybody gets to go in and um, hack it all out. The exceptions to that rule most prominently are, number one, if somebody's suing over a breach of contract, you go look through just about every contract you, you have, every cell phone contract with the little bitty fine print and stuff. Um, under a contract, you can say, we agree that if there's any court case that comes out of this, the loser's going to pay the winner. So you can agree in advance to say, we're, we're going to pay attorney's fees for whoever wins. And um, there are other cases that can come up. Um, one of the classic ones, you may have heard this phrase before, is malicious prosecution. I feel like I've seen somebody say that on Law and Order or something sometime. Malicious prosecution is, in a nutshell, uh, the, the person who got sued won the case outright, got a favorable outcome for them. It wasn't dropped. They got a favorable outcome. They beat the other person, and there was no good reason for it to be filed in the first place. So, in other words, it's a it's a subsequent lawsuit. It's a lawsuit that comes up after to say, stop, stop doing this. Stop suing me. Um, but that requires two big things I just said. Number one is you got to win. Okay? Not just they dropped the lawsuit. It didn't go anywhere. But you got to win to prove that it was a bad case. And number two, uh, you got to prove as well that they had no good reason at the start. A lot of times, boy, um, people come to me with all sorts of legal problems and you start peeling back layers of the onion and you see stuff they didn't know, reasons why they, they weren't necessarily right. Then you can go after. S getting sued by the same person, this sounds like, that doesn't sound like a hypothetical, it sounds like a real specific set of circumstances, getting sued by the same person three times where it's the same set of facts or whatever. Um, starts to build up an example that there's no good reason for this lawsuit. So maybe we turn around and sue them for it um, to get it back. Th th those examples, though, frankly, are few and far between of valid malicious prosecution claims. And there's other, um, there's other similar types of claims. So this could actually happen then. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, it, it must it, have. It must, yeah, I mean, look... What can the person do to change that? I, I, I've I sensed their frustration. They've been sued three different times by the same person, and uh, the judge is not awarding any no no time lost at work, no attorney's fees. Uh, how many times can you be sued for the same thing? I thought there was a. Or is that strictly a, a murder? There was a movie about that. I forgot. I mean, Double Jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Um, uh, that's a tough question to answer. So 
you can theoretically be sued for the same thing a billion and infinite number of times. Really? Theoretically. That doesn't mean they can win any of them. But, but it's go- all a loss of time and, yeah. and money, too. But to go file a lawsuit, you go down to the courthouse and give three or $400 and say, you got to file a bunch of papers and stuff, but say, yes, I've got this valid claim. That doesn't mean it's going anywhere. No. Um, so you There can- are people out there who are evil, though. Yeah, who might. Who, who just get a thrill out of hurting people. And if the person who's filing a lawsuit is abusing the system, um, the judge can do things. That's a specific question asking about getting their attorney's fees back. Okay? That's a specific circumstance. When it's when you want to get the attorney's fees back, you really unless you got a contract or something, you really got to turn around and sue counter sue the person for malicious prosecution or otherwise and saying they, they keep doing this. Um, and frankly, that might not be worth the time. The person's already lost some days of work. They've already had attorney's fees, apparently, that they've that it's cost them. Um, and who knows whether the, uh, the individual filed these lawsuits could actually afford, I mean, to pay their bills. Um, but there's a whole bunch of other steps. There's the thing called costs in a lawsuit. Cost has a few different things. Discretionary costs and mandatory costs. And discretionary costs are after whoever wins can go to the judge and say, Judge, I want them to pay for my discretionary costs, meaning this costs me court reporters, this costs me X, Y, and Z. Um, You can get some stuff back like that, and then there's some mandatory costs that can be required to be paid. But the specific circumstances... What, what can specifically be made in any given case really depends on the circumstances of the case. Uh, somebody, um, Tennessee has the shortest deadlines for filing a lawsuit in the nation, right? And it's hard to go file a suit more than 365 times, you know, every single day of the year against the same person. So presumably, if a year has run out, your time's over. Yeah, their time, but that doesn't mean they can't go file a lawsuit and lose it. So you, you can't stop somebody really from filing a lawsuit. Will it? But will it ever get to court if they file it, and the uh, the jurisdiction, the time is gone? No, it'll never get to court. It gets thrown out. Uh, Statue of limitations. Statue of limitations. Tennessee has the shortest ones in the nation, so the things will go away. But you, but anybody can theoretically go file a lawsuit um, against anyone. Uh, And you see, frankly, some folks file lawsuits um, every now and then. I'll be at the courthouse and see somebody file a lawsuit uh, that that definitely doesn't have merit. It's definitely where they, you know. They want to sue the the local mayor for not enforcing rules in France. Uh, there's just absolutely nothing to it whatsoever. People can go file that, but it's going to be thrown out of court the first chance the judge gets. Oh, man. And there are people out there who just do things to be mean or think that they are right and, and they want to make a point. No, I mean, look, it, it, it's filing a lawsuit, but like you said, there's folks who are just mean. I mean, there's folks who will just back over, hit your car for no reason in a parking lot just because they're mean. It, it's just one way a mean person can be mean.
you know? <laughs> it reminds me of a line in a movie. There was this lady trying to get into a parking place. She was a senior citizen. And uh, another guy had a little bitty car and was trying to get in in front of her. And she moved forward and pushed his car out of the way. And she said, I'm older than you, and I've got better insurance. (laughs) We'll be right back. Middle Tennessee football and basketball games are right here. This is Chip Walters on Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. MTSU Sports on WGNS. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the new menu items that we have added is our Salmon Imperial. Our Salmon Imperial is a fresh cut piece of salmon with shrimp and a crab meat blend. And then we've put our Alfredo sauce on top of it. It's great for a low carb diet that you can get with spinach, but also it just has an amazing flavor with a mixture of all those flavors between the shrimp Alfredo and then our salmon. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Hi, this is Brandon. I am the drum instructor at Music World Drummer's Den. What Dave and I try to do, because we're drummers, is hands-on experience. We let you come back in the drum room so you can try drums out before you buy them, because online you can't do that. Taking private lessons, we jumpstart you a lot quicker than you can on YouTube. A lot of people try to watch YouTube and take lessons. We're hands-on. Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Still heavy traffic trying to get out of Murfreesboro or Rutherford County on 24 continuing westbound into Antioch. As you make your way past Bell Road, it's still crowded in Hermitage as we stare at it live over here from Hermitage into uh, Donaldson there on 40 west up by Donaldson Pike. It's been slow for a couple of hours now on 65 south trying to get down through Millersville. Princess Hot Chicken, they've got you covered for the big game with catering. Check them out online today. That menu's on there. It's princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon with a high in the mid-60s. And then for tonight, a chance for rain late, mostly cloudy alone near 51. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 47. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street, online at tireworld.us. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Show. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Welcome back. Our number is 615 615- 893-1450. If you have a question, text it to us. 615-893-1450. Our good neighbor of the day today is Stephanie Brackman over at the Chamber of Commerce. Stephanie, always helping others. And Stephanie's going to be receiving flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Brian Flowers Coffee and Gifts. If you know a good neighbor, let us know who they are. So we can say thank you to them as well. And by the way, our birthday winner of that delicious banana pudding from Slick Pig Barbecue is Chris Montagano. Again, our number, if you have a question or a comment dealing with some of these issues that we're focusing on this morning, 615-893-1450. Brandon Bass is our guest. 
He's the person with the law offices of John Day with us this morning. We're talking about what happens when one of your loved ones passes away as a result of a wrongful death. Somebody did something that is wrong and, and took their life. Uh, could be children, could be your spouse, could be uh, just anyone that you're close with and you're involved in in, in putting the life. No, you can't put the life back together, but you can try to put uh, put your life back together, I guess is what this is really all about. Yeah, and I'd say a little broader than that. It's not just... So when people suddenly lose a loved one, right, um, there is a lot to deal with. There's the grief. There's the logistics. I mean, just it, no one else did it or anything. You still got suddenly the... the the mortgage has to have the name changed on it. All the stuff has to be, everything that just has to be changed. There's a lot of logistics to take care of. Um, and if kids are going to move schools or people are going to move and things, it's, it is unfortunate, complete upheaval for somebody. Um, the court system part of trying to go after the person who did it or the corporation who did it, who caused it to happen, um, is complicated enough that's one of those pieces to just get off the victim's plate um, it, because it is a ve- it is a very very complicated process for good reason down to who's allowed to file a lawsuit you know um, under Tennessee law generally you can't file for a fifth cousin you didn't know existed um, it's got to be somebody in the immediate family for the most part um, Who's going to, how you divide up any money that comes, all those things. There's a bunch of pieces that have to be done and a bunch of uh, paperwork and more uh, on the court side. It is nothing I would mess with if it was me. So you say fifth cousin or more. So people sometimes don't know their relatives, but they see an opportunity to make some money and file a lawsuit where they would be the one who would receive the the reward i have never seen that happen but so the law sets out though who's allowed to file the lawsuit who's allowed to control the lawsuit in other words who's allowed to talk about what we're going to do in the case who all we're going to sue um if uh what what decisions are going to be made along the way somebody's sort of got to make those decisions um if a, a parent passes away and leaves behind four kids figuring out who's going to make the decision. I, I'm blessed with a wonderful uh, couple of siblings, and I feel like we could collectively make a decision. But, boy, if you start having a, a disagreement, saying, I, I don't think you should sue this person. Um, my uh, There is a case out of Tennessee from about five, six years ago. Uh, there's a case out of Tennessee that makes a good example. Um a woman passed away in what was believed to be a road rage incident between two drivers. Okay? And um, the uh, one of the persons that was in the road rage was her husband. So the question was, can he accuse himself? Does he have to accuse himself? She had children from another marriage. 
does she have to sue himself? Who's baby, who's required to control that case? Those decisions, there's a lot of stuff that can go into that and a lot of research and writing that could go on to figure out um, if you're going to fight about it. And if, 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 he was, if he was on the job, is he going to sue his own employer? All those can factor in. One thing that's really helpful, frankly, for Tennessee is um, under Tennessee law, when you are dividing up any money that comes in out of a wrongful death lawsuit. The law says how it gets divided up. There's no fighting over who loved the person the most, who cared for them the most, who had spent the most time. There's, it's an, a basically even division. There's a little fancy math that goes on with it. But that has a huge, huge benefit because, again, you're dealing with people who are... Um, who are in a sudden horrible loss. And the last thing you want to put those people through at the same time is debates about who spent the most time with their parents, who did the most for them and stuff. Um, so, uh, but there's a specific process for how you figure all those things up. It's, it, it gets complicated. Um, when we first started, Bart, you were talking and asked a question about how the court system treats and where the empathy comes from. The good news is with really good lawyers involved and the judge sometimes gets involved as well to make sure um, with people who know what they're doing are doing the right thing. A lot of those things, it could get messy, really, really messy. I would hate to be involved in a fight amongst a bunch of kids who suddenly lost their parent and arguments over who spent the most time who should get the most out of it and, and debate. That'll split your family right up. Uh, I mean, there. it also, it'll split your family right up and sometimes people end up in that stuff. You see people fight over wills and things like that, especially uh, um, you see those sorts of fights. Tennessee law does one thing really well in saying we are not going to have those fights be part of a wrongful death case. We're not going to look even at wills and things. We're just going to divide things up by law in a very, very specific way and have some specific paperwork to take care of it so that um, so that you don't have it. And the way you just put it, Bart, is it'll split a family right up. You can imagine the incentive it would put on a corporation getting sued to try to divide and conquer and split a family up and make get them all at each other's throats. So they do that. They can't do that in Tennessee because it's an even division. It's a it's a, a formula for okay. how you divide up the money. But you can certainly imagine a corporation that's facing having to pay for taking somebody's life trying to figure a way to uh, toss a grenade in the door and slam the door shut and see what happens to the family in their try and get them in fighting um if everybody knows what they're doing that doesn't happen under tennessee law they, the court system's empathetic by saying we are we aren't going to let those issues factor in here's a, a question which sort of fits into that this person said uh, a loved one was killed in a tragic uh, car accident it was a daytime accident no rain nice day uh but uh the person who died in their last breaths, whispered to someone, he ran the red light, or, or the stop sign. He ran the stop sign. Uh, I'm wondering, that would be hard to prove, it sounds like, that 
that you could hear that if the person was really in their last breath of life? That's like a law school quiz question. So um, you've heard the word hearsay before on TV, right? I, I knew the word hearsay. I didn't know what it meant exactly, but I knew if I watched uh, Perry Mason, people would jump up and say objection hearsay oh, every yeah. now and then. Hearsay is this. Nobody can come into court. Generally speaking, nobody can come into court and testify or even offer documentation that someone said something outside of court. Okay? The idea is the person who's claiming this is supposed to come in and look the jury in the eye and say it under oath so everybody can figure out if they're telling the truth. Right? That's what hearsay is. Nobody gets to, and it doesn't matter whether it's an email. So they could present that. Well, that would be hearsay, except there are two rules. There's exceptions to the hearsay rule. So hearsay is no one can, in in the oldest form of it, no one can say in court what they heard someone else say outside of court. But there are two exceptions that bring that in, at least two. One of them is, it's called a dying declaration exception. And it's when when someone is uh, facing their imminent death, whatever comes out of their mouth, if it's relevant to the case, it can come in. With the idea being that most folks don't sit on their deathbed and start spewing lies as as their last few words, right? Um, So they know they're dying. Yeah, if if they know that they're facing imminent death, yes. And that's the example given. The second major example is, um, eh, probably wouldn't apply. There's another one called um, excited utterance. That's basically um, somebody yells out, oh, goodness, there's a fire. You probably aren't screaming out, oh, goodness, there's a fire as a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So if they're really excited and and they just blurt something out, we trust it enough to say, to allow that to be repeated in court. That... Um, I can't say whether it be an excited utterance, but a judge would almost certainly let that in under various hearsay exceptions. Your question about is exactly the reason why it's the usual hearsay rule is, well, how do you prove they actually said that? They're mumbling, it's under their breath, etc. Um, that's up to a jury to decide how much they trust the person. Um, the person who's coming into court saying, I heard him say this, Right. Um, that's up to. I would jury. imagine they could get that person to come forward as a witness. I mean, you, you would. I would hope that the uh, officials had uh, the officers who made the traffic reports who'd put down names of people. You, yeah, assuming you can gather that, assuming you can find the person, but then obviously it's going to factor in on a few things. Is the per? I'm going to call them a witness. Is the witness who heard this last breath? Are they getting sued in the case? Is this their excuse? Because then a jury can sit there and go, you are full of something. (laughs) We don't have to take your word for it just because you repeat this. Is it a bystander who has no dog in the fight? Is it somebody who has to ask the attorneys at trial, could you repeat that question seven times but swears they could hear a whisper perfectly? Jury's allowed to evaluate the reliability of what somebody says in court. Um but that would come in under dying declaration and other things because shoot, if ever there's a moment when we trust that you are probably going to be honest, it's when the biggest thing on your mind is imminent demise. So even though it could 
dramatically impact the life of this family uh, who's being accused of running a stop sign. Uh, it's, that's a hard one to, to figure out right there. I mean, well, again, yes, it could dramatically affect it and, um, on either side. Either way. The person who's passing away, if they say it was my own fault or if they say it's the other, certainly. If you're on a jury, how much weight would you give that? Probably a lot, right? You'd sort of assume that this person who did see it with their own eyes and if I'm on the jury, I'd sit there and go, boy, I bet they knew what they were talking about. Um, Especially if it was the person and they said it was my fault. Yes, so why it, would you say that if it wasn't? But true? like like you said, it could dramatically affect the case, dramatically affect people's lives. But shoot, so can surveillance footage. I mean, if there's a nearby bank that has a video, that's just evidence. Um, the fact that it could swing things dramatically uh, um, shouldn't change too much about whether the folks in the case are allowed to to talk about what the facts are. Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. That's where you. Text us your questions, 615-893-1450. Brandon Bass, local attorney with the law offices of John Day with us. He's putting into perspective what happens with a wrongful death lawsuit or a lawsuit where you've lost a loved one. Somebody has wrongfully taken that person away. We'll be right back. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co op. Come see us for all your clothing, gift, pets, any needs that you have for your lawn or garden. And also, don't forget anything you need for your farm. Please come visit us at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Where are you located? 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. Do you have to be a member to shop here? You don't have to be a member with us to shop. The Co-op Farm and Home Center on Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. From the tallest tower in the city limits of Murfreesboro to every radio in the land. WGNS AM FM is everywhere you need us to be. We're in the final segment of our broadcast. The number is 615-893-1450. We're discussing things that could happen and if you are in one of these cases, if you're involved in them, these are things you need to be aware of. Not only if you've lost a loved one, has the, the rug of life been pulled out from under you, uh, some other rugs might be pulled out too uh, that you don't even think about. Uh, it's hard to envision. Can I bring something up based on the last Sure. Question. Sure. Because I I see this sometimes. 
and we we advise our own clients on it. But so we were just talking about hearsay a moment ago, Bart, and basically it's on what people say or write outside of the courtroom and whether and how that can be used in a court of law, right? The usual rule being the person who wants to tell a story needs to look the jury in the eye and tell the story there with some exceptions. Um, we live in a Facebook, Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Uh, I'm not cool enough to know all the TikTok. We live in a, a digital world at least, right? People posting stuff all the time. Opinions. Yes. Um, if you have any kind of potential case, do yourself a favor and don't write on social media oh, about it because um, that that can come up in a courtroom. There's circumstances where it can be used, circumstances where it can't be used, etc. But here's the important thing. If you are the one filing a lawsuit or getting sued, if you're actually in the case, you can't use your social media posts to help you pretty much at all the other side can choose to use your social media posts to hurt you so in other words you can't go on there and, and write a diary and think i'm just going to go walk into the court and prove that this all happened but anything you say that's wrong can be selectively used against you in court so generally speaking if you got any kind of potential legal claim whatsoever you you're the one that may file a lawsuit you're the one that may get sued i don't care if it's breach of contract if you got a contract dispute with a contractor or or if somebody's been hurt or what don't post anything on facebook or anything like that don't put pictures of the accident no just don't put it up don't say look what a bad day i had yeah there is a fair exchange of information and documentation that occurs in court cases Fair exchange. So you, you got pictures. Those things get exchanged, but people will write up stuff. I'm feeling 100% better today. They're not really feeling 100% better. They're just feeling good enough to go to work. That may be used again in a court of law or somebody that gets sued writes on and says, ha, 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 look what happened at work. And there's somebody laying in a hospital with two broken legs while they're writing, ha, 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 look what happened on my way to work today. It's just as a little... Don't write anything on social media that you aren't prepared to have used against you in a court of law. It cannot help you. It can only hurt you. There are some people who put everything in their life yep. on social media. And dovetailing back, we're talking about people who've lost a loved one. I get that. I get that it's hard enough with the grieving process, shutting down a social outlet for yourself. Um uh, by saying I'm just not going to post anything anymore whatsoever because the only thing I have going on in my life right now is the loss of my grandmother or what have you. I get the need to go on living life. I've, I've seen enough folks who seem to think that they can write stuff on their Facebook wall or Facebook post or Twitter or what have you, and then they themselves can use it to help prove their case. What I can say is you can't use it it cannot help you. It can only be used by your adversary. And that's probably good advice on anything. On anything, yeah. Don't share your dirty laundry, no matter what it is. Yeah, if you're going to be looking for a job at some point, just assume people are going to be looking back at it. If you're ever getting in the dating market, assume people are going to be looking at your social media and stuff. I'm, I'm not really big on, on social media myself. 
but because of what I do for a living, I see a whole lot of people's Facebook posts and tweets and such um, brought up to, uh, to challenge them in court cases. Very definitely some good advice there from Bandon Bass with the law offices of John Day. And speaking of good advice, we have about 45 seconds left. If there's a person who perhaps doesn't even know that they're going to be involved in the loss of a loved one, we don't know what the rest of the day is going to bring. What advice would you give to them? This is before it happens. What advice should they know when they get that word? Um, first, from a human side, it's going to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. And the best thing you can do is get some therapeutic help from somebody qualified and good, not just a cousin or something, but somebody qualified who's got some experience. Second thing is there's going to be a whole lot of logistics to deal with, with moving accounts and stuff in people's names. You don't want to find out that there's a cable bill that's been running up for a year and a half and has now owed $1,500 because nobody canceled it, right? Um, so there's some logistics. And third is if it's if there's any possibility it's someone else's fault, I would call a lawyer early. Let them gather evidence and get that piece off your plate because it is way too complicated for anybody to deal with on their own. Brandon Bass, our guest this morning from the law firms of John Day, the law offices of John Day. Brandon, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Bart. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro. Let's join the news.